Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where we are still in the middle, or at the end of, or somewhere in media res for October, the season yes. of apparently scary things. So we're going to mm-hmm. watch, in theory, scary movies. Yeah. Why not? Uh, this one, well, it harkens back because it's from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm from the 90s. I mean, I was born in the 80s, but like, the 90s is when I did most of my kidding. Yes. And uh, this particular film, I shouldn't have been allowed to watch. I'm not entirely sure how I got no. around to watching it. So I was not allowed to watch our movies until I was 16. And I was 14 it, when this came out. It actually surprised me when I saw that this was an R movie. Like, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't strike me as an R movie. Really? You feel like when the hook went through that guy's head, it was a PG-13 moment? I don't know. I mean, like, they do, like, that. what was it, Expendables 3 that was all, that was PG-13? Yeah, but was there any blood? Lots of dead mm. bodies, but was there blood yeah. coming out of those dead bodies? I guess, yeah. Also, I feel like they may have dropped some F-bombs. They might have, yeah. This had yeah. to have been rated R. Am I wrong? It, no, you're right. You're correct, it is. But it, it did, that did still surprise me. Anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know how I watched this when I was in middle school, but I did yeah. somehow. And I fucking loved the soundtrack. I thought it slapped so oh, hard. I was yeah. super duper into it. It, it introduced mm-hmm. me to Hoover Phonic and like oh, yeah. some other great groups. It's just, it's it's, you know... I loved it. I picked it up. And I was I was really into soundtracks when I was in middle school and, and high school. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody that because everybody's like, oh, you should know the bands you like. I don't know the bands I like, but I do know no. the movies I like and the music that I like from them. Right. And like so, Romeo and Juliet, for example. Right. Romeo and Juliet. I mean, that soundtrack, mm-hmm. though. It's just classic. Classic. It's a practical magic. Love that soundtrack, mm-hmm. too. I, I was yep. introduced to Joni Mitchell. It's... Uh, yeah. You got the Lime of the Coconut song. That's a great soundtrack. So I, I had mm-hmm. all these soundtracks. I remember one of my brother's friends looking at my music collection at some point, which was already a massive invasion of privacy, and just asking me why I had so many soundtracks. Like, do I not understand what kind of music I like? And I was like, well, I like all kinds of music. So mm-hmm. I don't ne- I've never actually liked listening just from an, to an album start to finish. This is sounding no, very that's... defensive. Well, I mean, a soundtrack is like a um, it's like a mixtape that the movie made for you, right? It really mm-hmm. is. And if you really like the movie, then you kind of have yeah. those emotions and feelings keyed into it. And if you don't like the movie, the music can still be awesome and just a bunch of different types of songs. Hoover Phonic mixed with Offspring yeah. and freaking oh god! I mean, the the version of Summer Breeze by Typo Negative that starts the movie decadent, mm-hmm. oppressive totally perfect excellent all in one soundtrack and so i was very sort of closeted about my soundtrack love but i mean there was this girl and i we all know this girl she's not the pretty annoying popular girl she's the girl who's just super cool because because she doesn't she's just she's just herself she Mm -hmm. she figured out the thing we figure out in college in middle school None of it matters. Just be yourself. And if you're cool with yourself, you're, you're the people who like you will gravitate towards you. The people who don't like you, they don't really matter. And so she yeah. was just that effortlessly cool chick that yeah. everybody had a crush on. Lucky. Myself included. I yeah, sure. Did short hair before other people did short hair. Experimented with clothes and shit. Was kind to everybody, but, you know, didn't necessarily go out of her way. It just 
the coolest. And at one point on the bus, I heard her talking about the soundtrack to I Know What You Did Last Summer and how oh. cool it was. And it was just one of those moments. And there were a handful of moments. I'm doing one thing right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. I needed that in middle school. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all need that in middle school a little if bit? If Kate is signing off on this thing, at least... In my secret place where no one knows, I'm doing mm-hmm. one thing that's signed off by the epitome of cool. Yeah. And so I can I can just have that little fortress in my heart when everything else I'm doing and thinking is clearly wrong and stupid. I'm like, but at least I liked the soundtrack to I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. At least I match up with Kate in this way. Oh, dear. The movie's not good. Yeah, we watched the 2000... No, 1997... Ooh. I know what you did last summer. I even already gave the date. What is this <laughs> nonsense, Megan? I don't know. Off your naughty game. Yeah. We did. We did watch the 1997 I Know What You Did Last Summer. It actually does make sense to give the date, both to place it in the past, as well as to differentiate it from the There's very a recent... Flea show? Come yeah. What? Yeah. Weird. There is indeed a television show. Yeah. So nostalgia wins. Or does it? Everybody wins. Megan. Or do we? Just in case our listeners have not seen this film or perhaps have seen it but do not remember it, we Mm. shall do something for them. We are going to play Witches, 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 Witch. I will give you summaries of I Know What You Did Last Summer from Metacritic, Amazon, IMDb, and Amber, and you shall tell me. Which is which is which is which? While we also learn about this film, shall we play? Excellent, let's do this thing. Four teenagers share a terrible secret that comes back to haunt them. Okay. Short. Four friends bound by a tragic accident are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniac in their small seaside town. Oh. This is going to okay. be a tough one. I'm just warning you now. Yeah, yeah. After an accident on a winding road, four teens make the fatal mistake of dumping their victim's body into the sea. But exactly one year later, the dead man returns from his watery grave and he's looking for more than an apology. (laughs) Okay. I like that one. Yeah, it's very good. And finally, on a fateful summer night, four friends on the cusp of graduating high school and starting to live their dreams learn one of life's most important lessons. Always double tap. Always double tap. Megan! Yeah, Amber. Which is which is which is which? Huh. Hmm. They didn't really show their cards as much as they, they did to. not. Okay. All right. Um, oh, wait. Sorry. So the first one was the really sh- yep. the one sentence one. The second one was. Really short. You've got four friends, tragic accident, hook wheeling, maniac, seaside town. Yeah. And then you've got winding road, fatal mistake, watery grave, more than an apology. More than an apology, yeah. I'm going to go with IMDb, Amazon, Metacritic, Amber. No, no, I didn't do it, did I? Amazon, IMDb, Metacritic, Amber. I mean, Metacritic was the longest one, even though it was short for it. I could not figure out, like, that's, that's... More whimsical than Metacritic. Oh, you were right, though. Is. You, you caught yeah. Metacritic. It is. It is well, but, but Metacritic still, likes I, to I, get fucking poetical sometimes. They do. They, they do. And maybe that was my instinct to go with them. But yeah. Amazon kept it short and sweet. I mean, that's that's which uh, kind of cheating. They, yeah. 
and then even the second one wasn't terribly long. The IMDb one wasn't terribly long. Eh, yeah. Well, Amber and faltering. Yeah, this was not an easy one. I, you know, no, it's all no, right. sh- no shade, Megan. Yeah. Well, Amber, what did the critics say about this movie? Metacritic had the critics at 52 and the users at 42. Okay. 44 for the um, Rotten Tomatoes critics and 40 for their audience score. All right, all right, all right, all right. What, uh, what's the general consensus? There seem to be a lot of um, comparisons to Scream. The screenwriter, Kevin Williamson, actually wrote Scream, but he wrote I Know What You Did Last Summer first, but then Scream, Scream got made first. Mm. And so then they immediately, and since it did so well, they immediately bought I Know What You Did Last Summer. And so people think that this is a poor, like, sophomore effort by uh, Kevin Williamson. But really, this was the first, because it was, like, less clever and blah, blah, blah. But really, this was his first written movie. And it got made because of the success was so of popular. Yeah. yeah. And it's this is yep. really a, a rough draft of it because it doesn't have the the humor and the campiness that Scream brought yes. to the brought to the game and made people the fall meta-ness. in love with. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like this is this is cut and dry. Hey, mm-hmm. let's do four stereotypical types of a teenager and then have a moral dilemma and then make it a slasher film and keep it real yep. simple. The, yes, we are going to have a girl screaming a lot at the end. Oh, so much. Oh, Jennifer. <laughs> so much screaming at the end. Yes. Yeah. So lots of comparisons to like, it's not as good as his first film. He spoofed the genre that he, uh, uh, of the the scream, um, of scream that he made. So like, but yeah, there's a reason for that. Yeah, a lot of the reviews are actually pretty positive yeah. on Metacritic. Uh, Jamie Bernard of Daily News just uh, said, it's killer, dude. Oh, okay. Exclamation point. Okay, dude. Washington Post has this as another Kevin Williamson triumph, a smart, sharply drawn drama film with a moral center and a solid cast oh, of young actors. Okay. He's a Let's man who knows and loves this genre. It's scary, screaming, sniggering fun continues here. I don't know where the sniggers were from, but okay. Sure. Yeah, there's there's a surprising amount of love for this film. It's, there's there's it, people think it's a decent example of the genre, which yeah, probably yeah. It, it, it's it's it feels pretty classic. Um, you know, some say it's cheesy, cheesy melodramatic slasher film. Um. Uh, let's see, another person said, waste more opportunities than it does teenagers. It does kill surprisingly few teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which opportunities it's missing, but it mm-hmm. could definitely be more than three. Could be. I guess technically four. Four, yeah. Mm. They're not wrong, the blurbs. No. And I feel like... 50s 40s is is fine for this it is it's not a particularly clever film it's not particularly scary it's certainly not particularly funny um that they're not wrong that the young actors put in a good turn here they did yeah yeah but i i feel like they're they're missing one of i mean somebody did bring up the morality and that seems to be a big chunk of What's happening in this movie is, is talking about morality, living through consequences of, of choices that you make and the morals behind those choices and what 
different personality types think is right and wrong and then how they live with wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And I would say this movie does a terrible job of having that conversation. Oh, and I think that that's actually far more interesting to look at than whether or not it's a good slasher. I mean, we can talk about the slasher parts of it. Sure, yeah. we will. But I would rather talk about the morality of I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> well, Amber, let's do so. Mm. I, so yeah, critics, I don't think you're I don't think you're terribly wrong and yeah. but but you I'm not sure that you got to the heart of the matter as mm. per usual. Mm-mm. This mm-hmm. is a morality tale, people. Let's talk about it. Okay. Amber, we got four teenagers. Four teens. Four of them. Yeah. Two couples. <gasps> two heterosexual couples. Yes. Unfortunately. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie. Sarah Michelle Geller as Helen. Ryan Felipe as Barry. 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 And Freddie Prince Jr. as Ray Bronson. Um. By the way, this is the movie that Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. met each other on. Mm-hmm. Um, and although their characters, I think, have like two lines to each other because they're not in a, in a ton of scenes together besides kind of the very beginning. Yeah. Anyway. And they, then, they, then they wound up in Scooby-Doo. and Yep. Well, yeah. Love, true. Amber. Rounding out the cast, we also have one other teen, Max, played by Johnny Galecki. And we also have Helen's older sister, Elsa, played played by Bridget Wilson Sampras. Sonia Blade. Sonia Blade herself. Uh, Oh, and And, very importantly, Mm -hmm. we have a character named Melissa Egan, played by Anne Heche. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So obviously our four main teens are Ray, Barry, Helen, and Julie. Freddie, Mm -hmm. Ryan, Sarah, and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. We are introduced to them on, I believe it is it is a fateful 4th of July. Everybody's yeah. high on life. Yeah. Uh, Helen has just won, uh, I don't, what is it, Princess of the Coast of South Shore? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Southport? I think it's a type of fish. It's like a some, some sort of fish festival because it's a fisher village. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she just won prettiest lady in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a creepy older man stood on stage and talked about teenagers in bathing suits and how yeah. yummy they were. Yep. That never gets old. Yeah, uh, And uh, they're partying, they're making out, they're talking about their dreams on the beach. Oh, You've got- They're going to be so happy, Amber. They're going to live up and they're going to be so happy. They're, they're literally talking about what their lives are about to become. Like, it's clearly the it's futures, the summer after yeah. they've graduated- You've got Helen is going to go off and become an actress in New York. Barry is going to play football for the Steelers or who the fuck ever. And sure. she's she's even mapping out their future. Their very yeah. shockingly realistic future where she talks about, you know, I'll just be finishing my contract on, you know, days of our lives because I'm going to land a mm-hmm. soap. You'll be, you know, I'll have three kids. You'll be going through rehab again. It's going to stick for real this time. Like she actually has yeah. rehab built in to Barry's mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And then and she's just, realistic. She's very realistic. And then they're making out. And then we switch over to Julie and Ray. They're the intellectual couple couple. They're mm-hmm. using words like esoteric and castrate and oh, great. and philosophy and coffee shops and love. And you know, Julie's gonna go to college and be intellectual. Ray's gonna go to college and be intellectual. He's gonna escape his fisherman past and he's he's the poor one of the group 
and the rest mm-hmm. of them are, are rich. And so they're, you know, but they're also having sex on the beach. Yeah. So, right. So they do the typical bad thing in a horror movie, which is they all have sex. Mm, never have sex. E- each couple has sex with the cup. Yeah, you know what I mean. Always a bad thing to do. Yeah. Also, yeah. don't on the beach. They oh, don't that even seems have, Megan, they don't terrible. even have a towel or a blanket. No, it seems you get awful sandy everywhere. Everywhere, especially in the worst wear. Gritty for her pleasure. And the... ah. ah, well. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Nighttime um, beach sex. That's what it is, people. Yeah. So, so um, they make that like um, Barry is drunk out of, out of his head, and so um, Ray drives Barry's car. Very responsible, except that of course uh, Barry starts acting the fool and like hanging out of the. The, the, the sunroof and such, and uh, distracts Ray long enough for him to hit something in the road, Amber. Oh, no. Yeah, the deserted, middle-of-the-night, coastal highway that is near nothing but cliffs. No other cars. Mm-mm. They hit a man in the road. Yep. What yep. the fuck was it? He had to time that so perfectly. <laughs> yeah. How you not see the only car? Yep. Anywho. Yep. They hit a man. A- a- and and having like a teenager, sh- like Barry was like screaming out yeah. of the sunroof. Yes, so like was. they had to hear. Doing anyway. Real, real golden gods moment. Um, yeah. Took his eyes yeah. off the road for just one second. Hits a man. Now, obviously, you have mm-hmm. your moral center, Julie, saying we sure. have to call somebody. We, we have to, to call somebody. You have Ray really upset, checks the pulse of the guy. Nobody wants to go near him, thinks he's dead. You have Barry really mad about the damage to his car. And then really inconvenienced by this body that's going to really fuck up his future. And you have Helen staying pretty quiet. Yeah, she doesn't like, yeah. She's not. Kind of will go along with anybody. She's not pushing things in one direction or another. She, She very clearly is reticent to push. Mm-hmm. For calling the cops, but nor is she saying, let's fucking dump this body. It's a, oh, this is bad. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to let the group, I'm, I'm going to see which way the wind blows on this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and d- despite Julie's, you know, semi-impassioned uh, uh, wanting to call the, the police, um, Barry wins the day by, you know suggesting that or by by saying this is going to ruin our lives yeah so we need to like he's already dead what does it matter yeah let's throw him in the ocean exactly and julie's like but it was an accident you know what was he doing out here it was clearly an accident he's like but they're gonna think i was driving and i'm drunk so i will go to jail and ray's like and even if they think i was driving i don't have rich parents that can get me out of this i don't have the resources you do this will ruin me Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it's kind of it's two against one plus Helen is the swing vote and the wind. So we we're not just going to dump this body off the cliff nearby. Oh no, we're inexplicably driving him to a second location. We put him in the car, people. That seems uh, just like a bad idea. Anyway, no, it's a great idea. We're just going to drive him several miles to another location to just really, really, really make it clear that we did not act in the moment, spur of it 
full of adrenaline. No, we, we took some time and some miles to really think it through and say, yes, I feel good about dumping this body. Mm-hmm. And really just get his blood all over the trunk of your car. Oh, dear goodness. So yeah. they get him to the dock and there's this great moment where they're all dilly-dallying about shoving him in. And Barry's like, help me, Ray. And he's like, oh, I'm feeling bad about this now. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, Helen's just finally like, fucking... We made this choice. We're already mm-hmm. here. I'll fucking help you. Yep, yep. At which point, the pedest- the uh, the yeah, the pedestrian dead guy isn't so dead anymore. Amber, he he has uh, one last hurrah where he he grabs uh, Helen's the the crown that she's wearing, and she screams, and they push him into the water anyway. He is clearly not dead. He is not dead, Amber. So this. So they cover now up of manslaughter murder. is yes they, yep. they have now done a murder and yeah. even more so barry jumps into the water to grab the crown out of the now drowning man's hand mm-hmm. to remove the evidence of the murder they are in the process of doing yep so it's it's now murder good job teens and then they make a pact to never talk about it again and then they all go on to their beautiful beautiful dream lives with megan Oh, we check in with them a year later. Are they dream lives, Amber? Are they? Oh, the dream has turned. The milk has gone bad. It weirdly, killing a man and then not talking about it did not just sort of then lead to exactly where you were going pre-murder. Yeah, all their plan, all their beach plans, Amber. All their beautiful, beautiful beach plans been forsaken. Well, did yeah. did Ray at least make it to a New York coffee shop and he writing did poetry? Not. Now, now he's 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 taken over his dad's position as a fisherman. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, Helen went to New York. No, no, no. She got or no. She went briefly, but then uh, then came home and is now working in the store. Oh, Jesus. Well, Julie did go off to college. She did, but boy, she might not. Uh, uh, past her first semester. Oh, jeez. And, well, at least, does she look pretty? Oh, Amber, this is the saddest part of it all. Her hair's gone lanky, <gasps> and, 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 uh, her face is unmakeuped and <sighs> looking kind of sallow. Oh, no! Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, I mean, but Barry doesn't give a shit about anything. He's fine, Barry right? doesn't, Barry's living his life, yeah. Barry's fine. No, he's, not he, he's, in, not, he's not playing football, but he's still a rich dude, right? Yeah, he doesn't seem to fucking care. He's yeah. still at home. I, he, you know, he seems affected to a certain extent. He, I would say he seems angrier. And yeah. the worst of it all, Megan. Yes. Broke all these couples up. Yeah, they don't talk, nobody talks to each other anymore. Mm. No more Ugh, friends. Heartbreaking. No more boyfriends and girlfriends. It's so sad. Oh. Yeah. But everybody's home for the summer. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can reconnect for fun reasons. Oh, no. It's because someone starts leaving notes and fucking with them about what they did last summer. Yep. Yep. I know what you did last summer. Exclamation point. Name. Exclamation point. The, the, the letters are almost comically unthreatening. It's just mm-hmm. little white slips of paper written in very legible black sharpie with like yeah. an exclamation point at the end of it it's like i know what you did last summer <laughs> hope you had fun it i don't i i feel like the only threatening part of it is reminding them oh shit we dumped a body no one's supposed to know yeah yeah but it's it's yeah the, so the, the rest of the movie is shenanigans uh with this mm-hmm. killer fucking with them and then slowly killing them and them trying to figure out who it is and what's going on. Who do did we murder? Is it the person that we murdered? Is someone that 
they love who cares the, that we murdered them. I don't know. Let's what? find out. <laughs> That's so complicated, Amber. Why has it got to be so complicated? Uh, because mystery and fun mm. and... Twists. Twists? Yeah. yeah. They they find out that Julie has apparently tracked down who whose body had turned up like three weeks after they dumped their body. Indeed. And um it's Was it Sean uh, Egan? Sean Eden? It's Egan, a, excuse me. It's a kid. It's a kid. He's his body was found and a year before they had this hit and run then murder. He had been in another accident where he walked away but his girlfriend died. Yeah. And so they started to think, well, maybe he wanted to kill himself and he walked out in front of our car on purpose. Yeah, maybe. And just in case, maybe, you know, his sister found out because she's still alive. So let's go visit her and see if she's trying to kill us. Sure. And then talk to her about like painful things and say weird stuff and lie a whole bunch. And oh, God. Yeah, that goes poorly. But that's how we meet Anne Heche. Yeah. Missy Eden. Missy. The, the sister of the, the body that was found. Right, right. And and they, like, Missy lives out in the sticks, right? And, like, I think one of the things we were, we were saying while we were watching the movie is, like, the Julie and Helen go out there. And kind of as they're almost there, like, Helen's like, but, like, what are we doing here? What's our plan? <laughs> like, and they acknowledge the fact that, like, this is stupid. Like, yep. they've got no plan. They don't even know what they want to talk to her about exactly. Nope. They just want to, like, go fishing yep. with, like, her pain. They don't and, even know uh, who's going to be there. They have no idea. They don't know. Like, they just know this is the address where he lived. And so she's asking, point, so were we just going to drive up and say, hey, we murdered your son? Shouldn't we have a plan? She's uh-huh. saying to, to fucking Julie as they're driving there. And then that conversation's over, and they've arrived. <laughs> They're just gonna do it. They're gonna do the dang thing, Amber. Oh boy, yeah. No, that's that's a fun scene. We'll we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into uh, Missy Egan's character and how terribly they do her. And then the one other thing worth mentioning is Max Johnny Glecky's character. Also went to high school with these kids. Was a poor kid. Was friends with Julie, but seems to not be anymore. There's a weird, awkward scene. Of them treating him like garbage. And then when they are moving the body after the hit and run, Max happens to drive by. And so when the letters yeah. start arriving, they they suspect him. And so Barry just assaults him and tells yep. him to stop with a yeah. thing he doesn't know anything about. He has no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. 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 And then we find out at the end, Amber, here's, oh, here's our twist for you. Oh, boy. Okay, let me back up. All right, so let me try to say this as plainly as I can. Um, so uh, uh, the Egan boy who'd killed um, his girlfriend in this uh, in this accident, um, he actually was murdered <gasps> by the girlfriend's dad. Ooh. The dad Uh-oh. is the one they hit with the car that ah, night. Okay, okay. Yep. So 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 two years ago, girl dies in an accident. Then that year, uh uh uh, uh the la- the last summer, um they hit the girlfriend's dad mm. on the road. Dead girlfriend. Now this dad. year, yes, girlfriend's dad, he wasn't really dead, Amber. <gasps> he's the, so he's back to murder them all. I mean, we knew he wasn't dead when they dropped him in the water. 
He was yeah. conscious in that water. What is to stop him from swimming up out of that water? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, fisherman dad come back. So he murdered Sean, got hit yeah. with a car shortly after that murder, and yep. then in revenge killed the four teens responsible for not murdering him but almost murdering him. And I have a, a something that I was only occurred to me as we were talking through this, Amber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How the fuck did he know who he should go kill? He was passed out for almost all that. He woke up briefly, but like it was dark. He was half dead. Like he would have had to like remember their faces and then seek them out. Like that is some, he did some work in that year, Amber. He did both some- on his, both on his health yeah. and on his sleuthing. A lot of, a lot of recovery, a lot of sleuthing. It was, it was all physical therapy and, you know, hitting the pavement. I mean, there was a yep. Polaroid of Barry's Beamer, the one that hit him. So I guess if he could track down the car, yeah. he could track down the owner, and then he could sure. do research on their friend group and be like, okay, there okay. was a beauty queen. That's easy. He knew the beauty yep. queen because yep. he grabbed her tiara. Yep. Yep. That's Okay, that's Barry's girlfriend. But then there were two others okay. who were their closest friends. Now, did he kill... So he ends up killing Max is his first uh, uh, murder. Did he know Max was there, or was he just killing Max to fuck with him? Megan, I cannot tell you why Max is in this movie and why he's the first to die. It makes no sense. He is a suspect that Barry comes Briefly. up with. He, it, yeah. It's just, he's sort of Barry's whipping boy, and then the fisherman comes and hooks him in the face, and then he puts his corpse in Julie's car trunk. Uh-huh. With a bunch of crabs. Yeah, that's wild. And that's a wild thing to do. She finds it and screams and then runs and calls people. And then when they go back to the trunk, it's empty. And that's yeah. that's it for Max. That's a that's a wrap on Max. Yeah, nobody feels bad about Max at all. Yeah. Max, Max is a red herring and then a prop and then done. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then crab food. He like okay, you Julie went in to the house for, okay, even at most, to say it was 15 minutes. Call it half an hour. There is no way somebody moves Max's body and all the crabs that quickly out of her car again. And it was bone dry. It, the, it was the bone trunk dry. Was it was bone dry. It looked like, like it had gotten detailed. Like, mm-hmm. it looked... Super clean. And it wasn't even an empty trunk. There was like a gas can in there. There was it was actually yeah. the trunk of a very smart young woman. You know, she had yeah. roadside emergency accoutrements. Yeah. It wasn't how the fuck he do the amount of time and energy he put into fucking with these kids yeah. before killing them demonstrates a level of he was a serial killer, essentially. He was a burgeoning yeah. serial killer. You could you could say yeah. that the death of his daughter broke his brain, but I mm-hmm. think a lot of people deal with wrongful deaths or early deaths, the deaths of children, and they don't go out and premeditatively murder the person mm-hmm. responsible and then just go on a killing spree against... I mean, understandable, those kids did him dirty. What sure. the fuck did Max do to him? Yeah, Max did absolutely nothing. No, they, this was this was him being real dramatic. So a he, real dramatic killer. He kills Helen's sister too. Poor Elsa is just trying to That's help right. Helen out. Kills Elsa. Yeah. Dude oh, is Elsa. Oh, and he kills a cop? He just starts oh, yeah. fucking murdering he just, people. He just goes, yeah. And I mean, so 
Julie gets a car filled with Max and Krabs. Mm-hmm. Helen, you see him go into her bedroom and hide in the closet. She falls asleep with him in there, wakes up alive, oh, right. but he hacked but off some her of her hair. Yeah, that's what a what a amazingly dramatic thing to do. So dramatic. Who put a nickel in that guy? <laughs> Who put a nickel in that guy? Yeah, like got him all wound up. Put oh a my in him. goodness. <laughs> Amber has not heard that one. <laughs> Someone uh, put a whole sleeve of nickels in that guy. Yeah, somebody put some quarters in him. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this killer is... Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. So let's... let's we, we've given you many details. Let's talk about the morality of this movie. Yeah. So it's sort of like the trolley mm-hmm. problem. Sure. But one track leads to a guy, and then the other track leads to you and four of your friends. Yep. And it, instead of killing the four of you, it instead just ruins your life. Yep. So you choose to kill the guy. Yep. Except that this trolley problem actually just hits you immediately with consequences. So if you choose that one track, it's actually yeah. not going to kill that guy. It's in fact going to kill half of the people on the other side and still ruin your futures. And make you miserable as all hell. Yeah, it's just going to ruin yeah. half your lives and kill the other two. It's is yep. as if the trolley problem claps back. It's like, yeah. oh, well, I mean, obviously <laughs> yeah. I want to live and unprotect my friends. I don't even know this guy. He's probably a murderer. Turns out, yep. yes, he was. You didn't kill him. You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should have chosen to do the right thing. Although, mm-hmm. in the mythos of this film, even if they had chosen to do the right thing, I think that guy still would have killed them. Although, I wonder if they done the right thing they might have figured out why that dude was out there and prosecuted mm. and got him for the the uh, boy's death yeah but they thought the boy was a drowning either way yeah no although they might was... have figured out that he'd he'd thrown him in maybe maybe maybe, maybe. I, I think i think I what would have happened is <laughs> they'd done the right thing he still would have fucking killed them for hitting him in the first place yeah yeah true there was yeah. there was no way out for these there kids. was no winning yeah well, here's one thing that happens, Amber, is that Julie, you know, Julie, who wanted to call the cops, mm-hmm. but totally didn't. Like, no. there's one thing in being like, yeah, good for you, Julie. Yes, you should call the cops. You folded, though. Girl, you, you folded. And and she seems to feel like she's the only one who feels – like, she feels – so much guilt, Amber. So her much life guilt. is ruined. Oh, she's ruining her own life with the guilt, and that demonstrates how she's the one who's the best of them. Yeah, I, I would say that almost makes you worse, Julie. One hundred percent, yes. Because you knew what you had to do, and you didn't do it. This isn't just in the moment you make the wrong choice, and that moment is now in the past and can't be undone. With something mm-hmm. like this, you yeah. wake up every day. And mm-hmm. decide to continue to not do the right thing. Yeah. It's it's a it's a an ongoing choice because at any yep. point you could say, Who oh boy, I should still do the right thing. Yep. And make that call. Julie does not do that. I don't care. And if nope. you're beating if you're beating yourself up for it and ruining yeah. your own life, it actually kind of makes it worse because what you decided was 
my future is more important than the life of this person. And then you ruin your own future you with ruined it the anyway. guilt of doing that act. So their death is now completely meaningless. Yep. I'm not saying it would make it better. I am saying that based on your own internal logic, your guilt helps that person not at all. You had yeah. a choice when you could have helped that person that you didn't help that person in order to benefit yourself, but you're not actually taking those benefits. And thus, it's like killing a, a cow and just leaving it to rot. It's like, if you're going to yeah. eat it, that's one thing, but you're just killing it. Like, why? Yeah. Eat eat the cow. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Well, now you're even worse. I, I, yeah. I still saw that as cow murder, but you had to eat. I guess I understand that a little bit. Oh, it's just there now. No, it's just rotting. And you're going to go and well, eat a fucking Big Mac? What does this even mean? Yeah. yeah. And you could always go clean up the cow, but you're not going to do it. At the you're very least. It stench for everybody. Everybody has to. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So she's feeling terrible. Mm. Like, her hair so is terrible, awful. Amber. Her hair, Amber, her hair is awful. Her, her, her college roommate just keeps talking about how pasty her skin is. Yeah. So that pasty. pasty. Oof. That's yeah and she's hardcore judging everybody else and that's the thing she hardcore judges everybody else but again hasn't spoken up herself so don't really know where that leaves you julie yeah i mean helen clearly feels really guilty and has has chosen a much smaller life for herself ray yeah he's working the fishing boats he wants to know julie julie's like i don't blame you but i don't want to know you either and then she literally I runs away from him know you yeah what a cruel thing to say to your college or high school boyfriend but the the trauma of the situation brings them all back together and then they start hurting other people mm-hmm. now that there seem to be consequences other than internalized consequences for their actions so like they internalized whatever they thought they deserved but now things are coming coming home. The chickens, Megan. Yeah. They're a-roosting. Roosting. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They throw wild accusations at Max and assault that yep. poor guy at work. And mm-hmm. then he gets dead. And then nobody cares that he's dead. Is anybody looking for Max? Yep. No. Julie doesn't no, give a no. shit. No. She's only scared by his, his, his presence being eaten by crabs and then his disappearance ah! from being eaten by crabs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's our only link to some information? Well, we f- there was a body that was found. I assume that's the guy we killed. Let's go look up his family and ask them some random questions. Will we lie about who we are and what we want? Yeah, which is when Julie and Helen go to visit Miss Missy and um, find out what a horror, sad show this poor girl's life has been. Oh, my goodness. She is, she is um, broken up because, well, A... Her brother had gotten in a, an accident a year before his death where his girlfriend had died. Everybody had blamed him because uh, he survived and she didn't. And then um, he dies by what they think is suicide. And um, that kind of just breaks her family. Yep. She's alone. Her mom's gone. Her brother's gone. Her dad's gone. She's alone and she's poor and she's lonely. And Anne Hayes is serving some seriously good crazy. Like she's... Mm-hmm. She's doing an excellent job of just sort of being, you feel for her, but she's also twitchy and unsettling. She, yes. She's doing an excellent job of making you think, oh, Yeah, what's, what's up? Hey, she's very good in this. 
Yes. So as we mentioned earlier, they come at Missy with just nothing. Just nothing. Mm-hmm. They, they show up and say, our car broke down. Can we use the phone, I guess? Uh, my name is something other than what it is. Also, we didn't confirm we were going to use different names before we came in. So we're just doing that on the fly. And then they ask her some painful questions about what's happened to her family. And <laughs> yeah. learn that Missy is sad and lonely. And mm-hmm. she offers to make them tea. And they sort of apologize for asking her about painful things. She's like, yeah, I mean... It's tough, but it's kind of just nice to have company. And after that, they just abruptly leave. Then they leave. (laughs) They fuck right off. So we're going to... Yeah. This lonely person is like, well, it's even even though we're talking about horrible traumatic things, it's honestly just nice to not be alone. Oh, okay, bye. They also... But they do find out on their their random shotgun approach at fact-finding that... Um, a a dude named Billy Blue came around shortly after her brother's death to kind of um unclear to 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 like pay his respects, I guess. Yes. And and uh and they they briefly dated, and he disappeared too. Yes, he said because it seemed like every time he looked at me, it was hard for him. Uh, and I guess he was just so broken up about my brother's death. I guess they must have been friends. And yes. so they think it's Billy Blue, and they're trying to figure out, right. okay, who's Billy Blue? Who's Billy Blue? And so like, well, he must have been in the same year, so let's get Elsa's yearbook, because she's older, and, and show her pictures of all the guys from her year. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What? Yeah. And eventually, Julie does go back by herself mm-hmm. to question Missy again. And about maybe him being murdered or something else. And she's like, no, 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 none of that is possible. Like he, Missy yeah. basically says, he killed himself. Here's a note to prove it. And it says, I, right. I'll i never forget last summer. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Which she thought was a suicide note. but which, Because he, his girlfriend had died last summer, exactly. right? Exactly. Julie knows, but based on the fact that the it's handwriting. the fucking same sharpie note as she's like oh no Mm -hmm. this is this is a death threat and then she just runs off and then she leaves again and that's the last we see of missy oh fuck missy but it's the not the last we learn of the cock fuckery these children visit on poor missy because from this julie manages to unravel the fact that Mm -hmm. that the killer is actually the father of the dead girlfriend and that he was high on Killing the boy when they ran him down on a dark, deserted highway. And she runs to find Ray to tell him this. Tells him this. Like he's basically, yes. it's not any of the other things we've been thinking. It's actually Susie's dad. Here are all the yep. reasons. And then she looks down and sees the name of his ship and <gasps> Megan. Ray unex- inexplicably called, either called himself Billy Blue after his ship or called his ship after the fact that he named himself Billy Blue when he hung out with Missy. Either one's kind of weird, Ray. Yep. But uh, uh, Julie figures out that it was Ray who briefly dated Missy. Oh, but it doesn't... And I mean, she's upset about that because it was messed up to do, but it doesn't matter anymore because she literally just explained to him why Billy Blue doesn't matter. No, Amber, she runs away like she just figure out that he was the murderer she literally just explained how the murderer had nothing to do with billy blue yep nope nope 
Okay. She, yeah. And she runs, Amber, into a, a, <laughs> a middle-aged white guy who happens, who, who then she goes onto the boat of. Sure. And uh, a middle-aged white guy happens to be the exact guy that, uh, you know, is the murderer. Oh, you is mean Mr. the person she just got done describing to Ray? Yeah. Before mm-hmm. she ran screaming from him? Yeah, for no real reason. It's just, I mean, that's basically, I guess, the only way to get to a final scene where she's crawling around on this murderer's boat trying to escape him, finding the corpses of her friends, and mm-hmm. then, you know, Ray manages to save her by other means, and they knock the yeah. guy that they didn't kill last time into the water, never to be seen again. I'm sure he's not not dead I'm this sure time. He's... Yeah, of course not. He, he He's not known for surviving water uh, uh, um, adventures. But I would say that while this realization did did create horror within her for the Mm -hmm. wrong reasons, it still should create horror within one because Ray, the other one who's supposed to be one of the good ones, even though he made the wrong choice, like the selfish choice when they decided to dump the body, which was alive, so do the murder, Mm -hmm. also read the paper... Also found mm-hmm. out about Sean. Mm-hmm. Also approached Missy. Yep. Used a fake name. Yep. Dated her. Yep. And then ghosted her. Yeah. Well, that's super fucked up. Wh- that's more fucked up than Julie and Helen did to her. You, uh, that's that's horrifying. You, you went to a person you thought you had wronged on a just a terrible level learned just how messed up their life had become through actions that you thought yourself had taken yeah you thought you killed her brother and now you're sleeping with her without telling her anything about her brother or what brought you there he's lying about who he is he gives her a false name and then Mm -hmm. poof yeah that's fucked up what is wrong with these people what? Why is it when they're trying to do the right thing is when they do the worst things? Mm-hmm. Yep. This poor woman. Yeah. She, I, did anybody go and tell her that, that her brother was actually murdered? It doesn't. I mean, who knows, Ember? Probably not. And I, I think... The nail in the coffin for this movie being in any way a morality tale, because in a sense it is, because there's definitely Mm -hmm. morality is at the center of a lot of what's happening. And there's a sense of comeuppance for choices that that the characters are making. Sure. Barry is the first of the four to die. Mm -hmm. Max is killed first for whatever reasons, not because of anything he did. Barry's obviously the biggest dick, so he dies first. He's not the one driving the car. That was Ray. Ray gets to live. Helen also dies. Yep. As does her sister. Helen was not driving. Helen did help cover up the murder and help shove Helen the body did, in. Yeah, she did push him at, even after he woke up, so I suppose. But that just shows her commitment to the bit. The other two <laughs> yeah, true. were willing to let it happen. They didn't stop them from pushing him in the water. They just didn't want to be the actual hands to do it, the fucking cowards. I want the benefits of this action, but I want none of I the physical want. drawbacks. Yeah. Ray and yep. Julie are the worst, but they get to live. Mm-hmm. And at the very end... <laughs> Mm-hmm. there's this fun moment where Ray and Julie are hugging 
obviously mm-hmm. they're totally those kids are going to get back together now because she does want to know him because it turns out that their decision to murder somebody didn't take and also he wasn't the person they thought they murdered and also it turned out he had just murdered somebody he had murdered, after yeah. they didn't murder him but thought they did so she's yeah. totally into ray again you know the guy who catfished the person he thought he had wronged yeah mm-hmm. great i love this guy ray yeah. And there's, she literally says the line, we never killed anyone. This whole year was for, and she just trails off and looks into the distance. And you can see her realizing that her destroying her first year of college was all for nothing because the guy they took definitive steps to murder and cover up didn't actually he die. Managed, yeah, managed not to actually die. So... There was no reason to feel guilty about any of the terrible things they actually definitely did and chose to do. It doesn't erase the fact that you did those things, you weirdo. No, but Megan, it didn't take. It didn't take. And then and then he came back and tried to murder them. So that makes... And it turned now out... Now he's in the wrong. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it turned out he was a really bad guy before they hit him. Yeah. He was already a bad man. Yeah. So... So... And it justified at the very end of the retroactively justified exactly. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and I'm guilt free, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So you just see her back at college that fall. She's on the dean's list, and her hair is floppy again, and her makeup is mm-hmm. super on point, and she's back with Ray because they failed to murder a person they tried to kill and cover up. And yep. Also, your your friends are still dead your friends are still dead yeah yeah like helen and barry were still brutally murdered you crawled around on their bodies also elsa was murdered also max i guess n- nobody cares about max that's nobody fine cares about max. but yeah. you you definitely played mind games with a grieving mm-hmm. sister who was legitimately grieving her brother yeah who was murdered yeah your friends ted you still witnessed horrible things she's on the dean's list amber Look and she's at her back hair. with ray and they didn't actually technically murder anybody because he managed to survive see mm-hmm. it's okay so Amber, what would you say the take-home message is from like this movie well i think you know it's in the summary the best one mm-hmm. yeah uh, the, sure. well one of them is three main lessons sure if you're going to do it finish it mm-hmm. finish it and if you're going to do it yeah, and the bloodline, Amber. You just got it. Like, you can't half-ass it. Do not swim away from a man whose eyes are open if you need that body to not come back. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it's, he, even if he didn't come back murderous, he still could have swam up and said, hey, these four jackasses just hit me. I'm pretty sure it was a beamer. Yep. Like, so one. Yep. Two. When you do murder, not murder, cover up. Mm-hmm. The dude probably deserved it. Probably. He probably was a bad dude. He probably deserved He's probably, you probably saved people or would have saved people if he actually had finished it. So you, mm-hmm. you should have finished the job. I guess it kind of goes back to step one. Finish yep. the job because he's probably a killer. Or yep. when they thought it was mm-hmm. Sean, they sort of justified it by saying, well, he'd he had have. a rough year. Yeah. Probably wanted to die. Wales was he on that dark road? Yep. And finally, if you're going to do it, yeah, let go of that guilt, girlfriend. Yeah, just don't don't beat yourself up. Like if you're going to if you're going to murder someone, just lean in. Just lean in, folks. Yeah. And 
any excuse to let go of that guilt on a technicality, take it. Uh-huh. Oh, he yep. didn't really die? Oh, that's a weight off my shoulders. Helen who? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that name. I don't remember her. Yeah. Um, I mean, and if you think about it, the fact that they didn't actually finish the job mm-hmm. led to Max and Elsa dying. Two yep. completely unrelated innocent human beings are dead directly mm-hmm. because of their actions. Yep. Both to murder, not murder, not finish the murder, cover up the not finish murder. So those are my main takeaways. Do you, do you have any others yeah. of your own? No. I think, I think that's good. I, I would say, Megan, of the four personality types presented in this film, who would you say you are? Mm, I think I'm a Max Amber. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's not one of the four. And also, oh, boy, we should talk. Mm, yes. Oh, dear. What about you, Amber? <sighs> you know, I think I want to be a Helen. If I have to choose, I want to be a Helen. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Because I feel like she's the one who's the most honest with herself about things. She's very practical. I mean, you see it in the mm-hmm. beginning. When she's she yeah. knows she's going to wind up with Barry. She's not trying to be a movie star. She's like, I'm going to be a soap actor. I'm going to work steadily. And I'm going to have a professional athlete husband who drinks too much. But eventually he'll go yeah. to rehab and I'll have three lovely kids. Like, it's, yeah. she is a realist. She's practical. And so she sees the way the wind's blowing. She's like, all right, we need to dump this body. She dumps this body. And then she sees people are getting murdered. Woman... If someone tries to kill me with a hook, I want to go out like Helen. She mm-hmm. is murdered like a fucking champion. I mean, this is the same year that Buffy came out. And yeah, the yeah. only reason I watched this movie is because Buffy was in it. Mm-hmm. And so Sarah Michelle Del- Geller doesn't just go out like some blonde beauty queen. She fucking scraps it takes, mm-hmm. I think, like 10 solid minutes for her to die. Multiple locations. Yeah. She makes it into a cop car. Then the killer kills the cop in front of her. She's locked in the back seat. Is she done? No. She kicks her way out of that window, crawls to the broken mm-hmm. grass, and runs. Like, she she makes it to her sister's store. She's Then she makes it out of the store, out a window. She's getting, like, pulling herself up in a pulling elevator. Yeah. She's She beats the crap. Like, she's, she's kicking. She's fighting. She doesn't just yeah. get got. She gets... She gets hers. Yep. I yep. like that about Helen. If I had to choose one, but they're all monsters, Megan. They're all fucking monsters. Oh, yeah, they're all Every monsters. Every last one of those monsters. At the very least, Helen is dead and doesn't have the whole do 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 everything's fine at the end of the mm-hmm. movie. I would like to think yeah. she would come at them with a, what do you mean, Dean's List? What do you mean? We still, you still didn't tell the cops why this man was coming after you. You took... No responsibility for your part mm-hmm. in this fucking tragedy. Mm-hmm. Max is dead. My sister is dead. Yep. Sorry. Amber, what would you rate this movie on the rock scale? Regrettable, outstanding, uh, yeah. regrettable. Hold on, I got this. Do you? Regrettable, outstanding, crazy balls, K or solid? That's an interesting question. I mean, there are some decent scares-ish. Yeah. There is some silliness that's fun to laugh at. Um... I do enjoy just the garbage people running around doing garbage things. I would say that that the four actors actually do a pretty good job with the roles that they're given. Um, I like the the, the the end scare is kind of fun. It's a little silly. Mm-hmm. I, I guess there's a little craze balls. And it's like a case solid for a silly slasher. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, yeah, like a solid K, um yeah yeah thriller slasher yeah 
movie. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent, Megan. Do an Issa story. Well, Amber, when I was in New York, um, <laughs> at some point, Maddie kept coming over to me, putting her little tiny hand on my shoulder and saying into my uh, ear, well, well, well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know what it was. I don't know why but she did it multiple times and it was hilarious. That's amazing. <laughs> well, well, well. Who taught her that? I mean, I assume Dan, but... I mean, it seems like that seems very uh, possible. Amber, do you have a recommendation? I do, Megan. Megan, mm, this yes. would have made more sense to do on our last episode. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Mm. It's still time for scary movies and scary-ish movies and genre-type movies. So I'm going to recommend Fright Night. Ah, excellent. I mean, we, I, not I watched that with you. You did. We were going to do it for this uh, because we thought it, you know, fell into our, our range. It super doesn't. It's actually way too well-reviewed for us to actually record yeah. on. I mean, we could still record yep. on it, but we decided not to. Megan. Yes. 2011's Fright Night, the remake. Yes. Of the 80s Fright Night. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. Those reviews got it right. It's fun. It's, mm -hmm. there's some good scary moments. There's some good, you know, horror and like kind of good use of blood and violence without being excessive. It kind of sets the tone well. It's a good. I'm sorry. sorry good. I'm sorry. This is my recommendation, I believe. Well, is, this, is, this not, is this not my fucking recommendation? Yes. But what if I. No. To, to allay your, no. your, your, your madness. Amber got it right. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I, uh, it's funny too. You can always interrupt me for that. Fuck you. I was getting there. <laughs> it's got a great cast, a really, really great cast. Uh, Anton Yelchin is the main is the main kid. You've got David Tennant uh, as as the vampire hunter guru guy. You've got Colin Farrell uh -huh. as the vampire. Tony Collette, oh, he's so good as yeah. Anton Yelchin's mother. You've got Christopher Mintzblatt, really which, which does you know he does some decent work. Dave Franco's in there for any particular reason. Um, Sandra Vergara. Does a great turn as Ginger. She's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Freaking uh, Doris, Megan Doris. Oh, played Doris. by Emily Montague. Oh my God! There's oh that there there's a part of this movie that I won't tell you about, mm -mm. but that like dropped mm. my fucking jaw. Mm. Like I had never seen something like that, and so good. It was the so good. Colin Farrell eats this up. Woman, my recommendation. Colin Farrell's having so much fun in this movie. He's clearly having the time of his goddamn... This movie is almost worth talking about because I want to talk about just how fun it is and how good it is. But he's... It's a good... Vampire movies, and I know I've complained about this before, with like Dracula 2000 or anytime I reference the Twilight movies if I've ever done that. Granted, I've only seen one of them and that was because it was an SF sketch fest. Let's make fun of this in the Castro Theater, which was amazing, but... The only reason I would watch a Twilight movie. Making something that wants to eat you sexy is weird to me. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're talking about dead monsters. They're corpses brought back to life that want to kill you. And maybe they also mm -hmm. want you to, to turn you into a back-to-life corpse. But so from the beginning, he's he's made to be a monster. Like it's they put it in mm -hmm. a pretty Colin Farrell package. But they're very clear he's a monster. 
<laughs> he's, he's awful. This is a monster movie. He's a monster. He's an inhuman monster. This shouldn't be sexy to you. And mm-hmm. a lot of the reviewers still is like, ooh, a sexy vampire. Like, no. He's, even when he's in his pretty package form, which he turns pretty monstrous, so he's not always. He's awkward and creepy. Creepy he's as fuck, man. doing it so well. And the, the monster CG effects are really good. Those effects are fun. Just the, the turns in the movie are great. Dealing with a, what happens when a vampire wants to get into your house and you, you refuse to invite him. Well... <laughs> <laughs> he just starts making random comments about oh some nice cabinets there just trying just what what happens with a thirsty vamp like thirsty in the sense of desperate wants to just uh, oh you dropped something on the floor i can help you clean it up no still not gonna go for it okay burn down your fucking house uh-huh. uh and yeah they're they're just some they, i mean they're with doris there's that one turn where oh god you it's this great tension of the scene mm-hmm. and it's really, they build it really, really, really well. And it gets to this great point And Megan and I were both like, Oh, what? Yep. When it finished. Yeah. It's, it's genuinely kind of worth watching. If you want kind of a mm-hmm. good monster, Anton Yelchin, Colin Farrell, funny. David Tennant obviously is funny. Um, Sandra Vergara is, is ginger is, is she's not in it much, but she's funny. It's, it's good. It's fun and it's mm-hmm. good and it's a good Halloween movie. And I think it's up on Prime, right? I think it's on Prime. I think it was free to watch maybe, on Prime. Mm, I think maybe. Did, or was it's it? It's on Tubi for free oh, and, I, and okay. the Roku channel for free. And it you, we had to do like something. Oh. A subscription to Prime. Or maybe we did that's stars. The, I don't remember. Yeah, I think that's what the internet is telling me. Okay, fair. But yeah, it's I, yeah. worth watching with commercials or renting. It's It's just fun. Colin yeah, Farrell's having so much fun. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, I don't have to take any of you seriously. I am a very powerful monster. <laughs> just, I'm yep. just fucking with you. Yeah, pretty great. Yeah, Fright Night. Yeah. Megan? Yeah. Do you have a recommendation? I'm just going to say that Amber got it right. Excellent. Yes. I should have let you talk more then. I'm sorry. No, it's, I interrupted as much as I could, so. I didn't give you many openings. Well... I enjoy you getting mad at me. So, Amber, Mm. shall I wrap this up like I always do by saying to you, my friend, I love to quote Jennifer Love Hewitt's 2002 Bare Naked album by saying to you, you gotta know when to rock and rock the roll. What? You just threw so many things at me. I did. I sure did. That she had an album that it was called Bare Naked. That she has like six albums, And Amber. then that she's saying uh-huh. at some point, you've got to know when to rock. Uh-huh. And? And rock the roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that mean? Who knows, Amber? And are those Who two different knows? things you have to know the when of? Are those two different situations? Like, you have to know when to rock. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. you also have to know when to rock the roll. Two yeah. different scenarios. We're, we're talking about two different intelligences that you really... It's like street smarts. And book smarts, you know? I guess so. You gotta know when to pack the pepper spray and when to know nuclear fission. Yep, you gotta know when to hold them and when to fold them, Amber. Oh my god. Man, the fucking 90s and 2000s were just a a chaotic free-for-all. She's an author, too. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Goodbye, Megan.